0: This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans, for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club.
1: Hello and welcome to The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm your host, Ian Kroll. It's been over a week since we last recorded the fan podcast and in that time, Everton have crashed out of the Carabao Cup and picked up a morale-boosting win away to Leicester City. We've got a fresh new lineup for today's show with two guests making their debut, and one guest making only a second appearance. First up, I'm back on the show, following a solid debut performance. We've got Graham Callaghan. Hello, Graham. All right, mate. And the two debutants, we've got Harry Crockett. Hello, Harry. All right, Ian. And we've got Connor Bennett. Hello, Connor. Hi, right, Ian. Um, plenty to talk about in today's podcast. A quick run-through of the agenda. We're going to briefly talk about the Leicester game, a quick look back. We're going to talk about Bernard. We're going to talk about how Sigton's goal was a thing of beauty. And we're also get a quick mention of Richarlison and his favoured position. Um, moving on from that, I'll we'll ask the lads their opinion on the comments Ross Barkley made last week about not being coached much over the past few years um, and whether it was a bit of a sly dig. We'll have that and plenty more. Before we get into it, just a reminder to our listeners, you can subscribe to this podcast via the iTunes app, uh, as well as the Acast app. All you need to do is search Royal Blue there. You can rate, review, and leave comments. Um Harry and Connor, we'll start with you, Connor. Um, first time on the show, so um, just love to hear your thoughts on what your opinion is on how well Marco Silva or not well Marco Silva is doing so far.
2: Yeah, so far I think he's doing a decent job. He's still obviously working with what we had last season, which wasn't great. Obviously, two managers and that. Um, I think given time, once he gets his players fit, like Meena and Gomes, he will be much better. But I'd say if you've got a score out of 10 at the minute, I'd probably give it about six and a half, seven. It's worked. Work to be done, but plenty of positive so far for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Harry, um, do you agree with that? In
3: part, yes. So you can see that how we work on and change the style of play we play. is a lot more attacking and a lot better than what it was last season under Koeman and definitely Sam Allardyce. Whereas we still have the same faults at the back, really, or if not more, with corners and the type of defending we're p- p- basically fielding out. Just at corners, we don't seem to be able to defend them very well and other set pieces. Which thing needs to be working on.
1: Yeah, fair 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 comment, I think. Um Graham, move on to you. You you gave your opinion on um Silver the last time you were on the show. Um it was at a time where we were it was a little bit negative, I think. I can't remember exactly. Was it after the West Ham game? It was, yeah. Um so you know, things weren't looking rosy, as Mm. you would say. Um there's been a few ups and downs since then. Mm. What's has your opinion changed since then or are you still back on track?
0: Uh I think I said at the time that he needs more time, didn't I? And I think that, you know, that opinion still stands, to be fair. Um, he's still trying to get it right because we're capable of a perf- performance like Leicester away at the weekend, but we're also capable of a performance like like we, we played against Southampton at home in the Cup. And they were they were mirror opposite to me, to be fair. So, yeah, still early days. Jordy's still out, but, you know, I think he still needs time, to be fair.
1: Okay. Um, three opinions there. We'll move quickly on to the Leicester game. Um, Harry? You were there. Uh, what did you make of the performance? Were you obviously delighted with the results?
3: From what I can remember, it was <laughs> brilliant, yeah. I, I was very happy with the performance. Dominated, I would say, the best team, so deserved as well won. But still, as I was saying before, there is still def- the defence. There was points in the game where we was lucky maybe not to concede and where we need to basically build on or just improve the side so we don't fall victim to one of those goals because on the other day they would have went in and we could have lost the game.
1: Mm. Connor, um, in terms of the results against Leicester, if we hadn't have won that, even if we'd have drawn that, do you think, or how much pressure pressure do you think Marco Silva would have been under? Just in terms of the fact that we got beat by Southampton in the cup, yeah. you know, a game where Everton fans were desperate for us to win. Um, if we hadn't won that game going into an international rate without you know, games coming up thick and fast. Would the fans have got on his back even more?
2: I don't know if they got on his back. Um, perhaps they'd be a bit more anxious going into the international break. Cause obviously, now you've got to wait and going into the on, going into that break on the back of a defeat or even a door is a bit of a negative and a bit of a pain in the backside. So. But obviously, going into with a win, you like you go to a bit because you want to get back to Goodison now, and you want to be, you want to play Palace and you want to be Palace. But I think obviously the winners give Him a bit more space with a few fans, um, that he just as Graham said, there he just needs a bit, bit more patience from a few, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> positive more than anything, and he just needs a bit more time. But obviously, massive getting the three points on the back of the Fulham winner as well, because obviously it's looking a bit shaky after West Ham,
1: right? Well, I'd love to get all all your opinions on this, and I'll come to Graham first, but we got beat against Southampton Graham in the cup, mm-hmm. then we, um then we beat Leicester. Now, I'm sure Harry and the thousands of Everton fans who went to Leicester um, on Saturday probably wouldn't agree with me after the results and probably the good time that they had, but if you gave me the option before the Southampton game to, if someone said you're going to win one of those games, it's either going to be Southampton or Leicester. For me personally, I would totally have taken the Southampton game. So, it's just typical Everton, isn't it? You know, Lose one like that and then go and win. Not a meaningless game against Leicester in the Premier League. Of course, it wasn't. It's three points. It's vital, but you know, we want to, we want to cope, don't we? Definitely.
0: I was, I was really disappointed after the Southampton, Southampton game, to be honest with you. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with the, with the team he put out, to be fair, because I thought he could have put a better side out. I mentioned last time I was on that, that was, that was a big game given the position that we're in. We want to win trophies. Mm. Um, I heard a Liverpool fan refer to it as the Harrybo Cup on <laughs> Talksport, but for Everton, it's a big deal. We want to win things. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that's a good start for, for me. Um, I know he wants to give Dal a chance, I know he wants to give some of the youngsters a chance but I would have gone full strength me um, and I would I would have gone out to win it um, and then you know, other than that I think some of the substitutions he made as well were in the Southampton game, it, it didn't look to me like it was his priority and that was disappointing um, and I think if we had a loss to Leicester or not, not won at Leicester and, and Siggy hadn't scored that worldly, mm. um I do think he'd have been under pressure, eight games in you're talking about nearly a quarter of the way through the season and things wouldn't have been looking great. Um, So I, I was really disappointed with the Southampton game, but I think he's uh, redeemed himself a little bit with the uh, with the Leicester game.
1: But would you have took a win in the Cup game over oh, the, Southampton, uh, the, the Leicester 100%, game? 100%, mate.
0: Yeah. I wanted to win the Cup. I wanted mm. to go to Wembley. Do you know what I mean?
1: Harry, as a person who went to Leicester, would, do you agree with that? Or before, at least before the Southampton game, if you'd had a choice, a Cup win or a league win?
3: Before the games? Well,
1: before the Southampton game.
3: I probably would have picked the Cup, mm. definitely. But... I'm not, I other than not ever take that memory away now of Leicester so <laughs> I, I, it's a silver line I suppose you've got to say I obviously want to win a cup how old am, how old am I now 22 and I've never seen us win a cup mm. it could have been another opportunity for us to do that and as Graham was saying it's decisions were poor and I just thought we could have done a lot more or the players could have did better
1: mm. Connor a cup win against Southampton or a Leicester three point win
2: I would have took the win over Southampton. Wants yeah. to move on and that. Nah, we could have refocused and looked at the... Was it last in the next round as well? We it would have them. been, yeah, actually. We could, for, we could have looked forward to that. Um, but yeah, I'd have took, took the League Cup win over the league, Premier League win.
1: All right. Um, all right then, so just moving on then from that, um, we've got plenty of contentious decisions that have happened with Everton over the past uh, couple of games. Um, another one which has uh, been brought up on various other media channels, the Wes Morgan red card, Harry. What did you make of it? Was it a, was it a red card?
3: You should have been sent off before he got sent off. The, There's a challenge area on in the half where he Richardson ended up by the, um, by the billboards mm-hmm. or the, by the signs on the ground, and he probably should have been sent off. That that was more of a foul than that one, but the referees probably just had the word and told him he was on his last warning. Mm. And if you come in from behind,
1: it did seem like for. Persist on fouling as well, didn't it?
3: It was, and it was all three of the ones that I'm thinking of in my head were all on Richardson. Mm. Which of thought after the first time he filed them and got a yellow card, you'd learn your lesson.
1: Yeah, Graham, I, I only really bring it up because um, you know Leicester went down to ten men, but Martin Keown and Paul Lynch, um on I was at the match today or match of day two didn't think it was a, a red card. Thought that Richardson had conned the referee. What are we saying?
0: Nah, I I agree a hundred percent with Harry that it was. um it was persistent filing. Mm. It wasn't he wasn't sent off for the for the, the last booking. Mm. He was sent off because he'd filed Richarlison constantly all game. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um and persistent persistent filings are sending off offence. Um so I think they're talking rubbish to be fair. It was a red card all day because he's constantly been filing him. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. only do so so much, can't you? And then it's time to walk.
1: Absolutely. Um, Connor, just on Richarlison there, he's um first game he started as a as a number nine. As a you know the sole the sole striker yeah. is that going to be his sh- position short term? Do you think that, or does Silva put him back you know on the left as he has been playing over the past day? No,
2: I, I think there's potential there going forward as I'm a striker. I yeah. um, think Silva sort of you could see it on Saturday where the front three sort of interlinked and moved around together, you had Walcott and Bernard going through the middle at times, and it looked much better. I think that's where he's going to play. I don't think he's there for Brazil. I think they picked the side for the upcoming friendly. And he's not playing. With the middle, but there's potential there. There was a few times where we made him look a bit of a dope when we were trying to swing the ball into the middle. Obviously he's not going to win it against um Morgan and Maguire, but playing it as an especially away from home as an attack as a counter on side, getting the ball forward, he's got he's the better choice of sort of what we've got because he's gonna cause pace, he's gonna keep defences ten yard back, and he's just gonna be a nightmare for some once he sort of kicks on again now going forward.
1: Mm, absolutely. okay. What does it say then for the you know effectively our backup strikers? The carvert Lewin Um the fact that Richarlison can come in in one game and have that immediate impact. I know he's probably had to like of, you know Bernard and Siggins obviously being in better form, so that mm. that's obviously helped. But he's gone in there hasn't he straight away? He scored a goal mm. in the first you know twenty minutes of the game, and uh, he's just had a huge impact on he?
0: Yes, I mean obviously that. That it's not looking good for the boys who are, you know, have been left out the side to, are, to fit him in, know, yeah. Proper um, st-
1: number nine, really. Yeah, but
0: I mean, for me, I people people might not agree with me. I don't think Lewin's Lewin's good enough at the moment. I don't think you know unless unless there's an injury crisis or you know we're, we're comfortable. I don't think he's involved for me at the moment. Mm. Um, Tosin, he's my mate, isn't he I was sticking up for him last time <laughs> I was on, but. If Richarlison's going to score goals, I, I know for a fact that some Blues don't want Richarlison through the middle because mm. I've spoke to them personally um, and they're talking about, you know, he's not physical enough, he's not big enough, he can't hold the ball up. I don't think you need that necessarily, just as you've just said, away from home. You don't need someone to, to hold the ball up, particularly because you're playing on the counter attack. Do you know what I mean? So
1: It seems to have, we should have a lot more movement up front yeah, rather I, than Tosin, who's. You know, you need to get the ball into the box, mm-hmm. into that you know 12, 12 mm-hmm. yards. And
0: let's be fair, he's not a bad substitute to bring on, is he, Tosin? You know, yeah, he can cause exactly, problems yeah. in a different way, maybe yeah. if he comes on. I, I like Cenk Tosin. I, I don't want to say anything bad about him, um, but but that worked, didn't it, on Saturday with Richarlison through the middle. It also allows Bernard to come into the side and play wide, um, because Richarlison's not there, obviously. So it worked. I don't think you can uh, you can disagree with it because you know it, it definitely worked on Saturday. Um, it's a long season. The other boys are going to come in, hopefully, and, and and you know make their mark. But at the minute, I wouldn't be changing that team, to be honest.
1: Harry Pendon, Richardson, you know, doesn't come back injured from uh, the international break. Is he? Does he stay up there now as the number nine?
3: Depending on the opposition, I would say that it really depends, doesn't it? Against the opposition, probably against home, against Palace. I maybe I'd like to see Tosson probably start. I want him to get more goals, I want him mm-hmm. to get more confidence. You see, and after, was it the, the, the Dubai training camp last season, that Tossin came back as a completely different player. Mm-hmm. You just, I think you just need something to kick start season and need to just get a bit of confidence, mm-hmm. be able to score goals and you can end up having more options up the front instead of relying on Richarlison for all our goals this season.
1: Well, we do, we have seemed to rely heavily on him, haven't we, Richarlison? Um, yeah, well, certainly in the Huddersfield game, it was yeah. a case of in the first half, it seemed like it was just give the ball to Richarlison and, See what like, he could make of it. The Take most. it forward, yeah, yeah. Um, Connor, just in terms of so, Graham's kind of said there that he'd keep Richardson um, up front. Yeah, had kind of give the you know give the go ahead to, to Tosin to, to come back in the team. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if that's the case, then if if Tosin was to stay up front and Richardson was to um, come back to the left left hand side, where does that then leave Bernard? It's
2: a good question. Um, especially with Sigurdon playing well as a 10 because I thought thought Bernard was going to fit in there the only other option would be if Theo Walcott doesn't play too well on the right Mm. you put up Bernard there it's not his natural position I think he's played once or twice there for Shakhtar in the Champions League but you could play him there Walcott is a decent player but he's not playing well over the past two or three games for me and I think if you're going to go tosing at home against like a Palace or someone like that who you sort of might need more of a physical presence to sort their the halves out then, yeah, you could probably go toasting through the middle with Charles on the left and, like, Bernard or Walcott on the right. Uh, but, looking, like, at Palace, I'd, I'd probably keep with Charles in there and switch back to toasting straight away.
1: It's just nice that we've got these options, has yeah, it? Yeah, it's, it's been, been a while, has. Anna. It certainly has. Um, we'll, we'll come on to um, Bernard, because I want to really speak about him, because his quality is just tremendous, isn't it? Um, and I kind of want to come on to what we believe to be his better position. Um, but before we do that... I just want to talk about Sigurdsson's goal, Graham. When you first saw that goal, it's not even it's not even the shot, is it? It's it's everything about it. it's the pass into his feet, the turn. And then he doesn't just he doesn't just whack it, does he? Like he kinda of scoops it up. Yeah. What a goal. He's got
0: it in his locker, and he it's never a hit and hope with Guilfield is it? He's always picking the spot. Hmm. I don't think there's a lot more you can say about it. It was a worldie, it was an absolutely fantastic goal, and it was enough, you know, to win the game. It deserved to win the game. Hmm. Um and we just you know, I think He's looking like a £45 million player now, isn't he, in that number 10 role?
1: Well, we said this previously that, you know, we have paid £45 million for him mm. and you could say that he hasn't lived up to that billing. Doing stuff like that
0: yeah. on now, a consistent basis, I, he yeah. is going to, isn't he? I agree. Last season, it was, wasn't was the best environment for him, was it? You know, no. We had all sorts of difficulties last season, but I think this season he is really showing his worth um, and he, he's got to stay in that number 10 role for me. Um, I know people are saying, oh, where do we fit Bernard in and, and what are we going to do? Um, you know, with the we've got a lot of players in the squad now, but Gilfie's our number ten for me. And when he's doing things like that, who's who's gonna who's gonna drop him or take him out to that position? Great goal.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, at the moment, you can't you don't want to say, but you know, you could say that certain players are starting to make themselves undroppable, aren't they? Mm,
0: absolutely. Um, especially with Rooney gone now as well, because I think it was that little two way battle between them two on it for the number ten slot, but. Mm. The manager's made this decision, um, and he sees Gilfier as the linchpin in the side. And I'd hundred percent agree with him. I'm a massive fan. Um, and as I say, when he scoring on goals like that, what are you going to do?
1: Absolutely, Harry. What what's changed then for the better for Sigurdsson? Because it doesn't seem to be like a direct answer to it. You know, he he missed the penalty, didn't he? Um, against Fulham, and then just just score scored goals, and then he's, he's just kicked on from there. Is that, Have you seen anything in in his game or anything that has, that has helped him?
3: I wouldn't say necessarily in his game. His overall game has improved, but it probably will be, I reckon, changing manager, changing coaching stuff, and probably a change in the feeling in the dressing room probably will help the team, obviously. Oh, the whole team's going to be playing better, especially Sigurdsson. And I think, no, just probably gelling with the players a bit more. He's actually started here from pre-season, whereas at the end of last season, I don't think we signed him until quite late, and then he didn't really get into the team properly. You can't really gel with the players. and Like rain was saying, Rooney was probably taking up his position, whereas he was more than he is the first choice and he will always be our first choice, so he's gonna get the game time and hopefully he's only gonna get better.
1: Conor, do you think it's just a case of having, you know, more movements up front, more flexibility in what we've been doing over the past certainly two or three games?
2: Yeah, he looks well better with like two wingers running off him, doesn't he? He can pick a pass and it kills teams off when you've got that sort of uh, patient outwards. He can I don't know, that pass to Walcott against uh, was it Fulham or Southampton hmm. where Walcott misses an absolute sitter? Didn't see that at all last season. I thought uh, well, not at all, but what I can't I can't recall off the top of my head. Um, yeah, but a better atmosphere, obviously. Like he's, I think Silver said after the game on Saturday, they give him a bit more confidence in himself, and like he'll always he'll he's backed him to start this season because he's that type of player. That that helps having a bit having a more stable dressing room helps as well. He knows who he's gonna play off, and it's sort of he's had an adjustment period now. I I criticized him a lot last season for being like, he's played in this league for, I don't know how long, five or six years, on and off for Spurs and Swansea. I was like, well, sort of come into the team and you know how to adapt, like you know how to move into the team because you've played in this league, why aren't you playing as well as you were for Swansea and that? But obviously now, he's adjusted to his new teammates. He was there for, I'd say, at Swansea quite a while, so he's adjusted to everyone here and I think just giving him a bit more free reign in the middle as a 10 has helped quite a lot as well. Yeah. We want to go forward, we don't want to defend. And he's not stuck out wide like he was last season, which was a nightmare. He, he hasn't got the pace to play out wide, so he had to play as a 10. That battle with Rooney was not great for him, but obviously he won out because he's the better player going forward.
1: How refreshing is it as well to like be finishing the game with like numerous strikers on the pitch, as opposed to like last season, where we, even when we were winning? Or even when we were drawing and we wanted to win, we were just bringing on like defenders and defensive midfielders. Well,
2: that, arcs, that arcs back to Moyes, done not it? Because we'd always bring, make that Moyes sub where you bring the striker off and you bring whatever centre half had you on the bench. But Warren on Saturday brought Calvert Lewin and Tolson on yeah. into the mix with Benaz and Richardson. I think Walcott came off, so that's like four or five, and including Sigurdsson, it's four or five attacking players that plenty of teams in the league would want and finish the game with. And obviously, haven't playing against ten men helped, but just going forward, it was, it's a breath of fresh air.
1: Yeah, Graham, yeah. it's an interesting point Connors made there because you know, going back to um, the Moyes days and the, the negative substitutions that he, he did used to make, um, it almost, if he ever brought a same with Allardyce and same with other managers, if, if you bring a, a defensive minded player on, they're obviously going to sit back, so you're almost pulling teams onto you, aren't you, really? Whereas the substitutions that Silver's currently making. Obviously, there's been times where we needed to make the attacking sub, but you know, Saturday we were bringing attacking players on. It gives the opposition more to think about, then doesn't it?
0: It does definitely. Yeah, and it's it's nice to have those options. Um, I wouldn't say by definition bringing an attacking player on is is always the best thing to do, regardless mm-hmm. of the score. I think sometimes you'd have to uh, you'd have to look back to go forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of the substitutions are, are good substitutions, but I think some of the substitutions are criticise bad substitutions. Substitution yeah. For so I mean, as I say, as I said before, the Jordy's still out for me. He does make some good decisions. He also makes some decisions that I can't work out. Mm. Um, it's nice to have the options, um, and I hope, I hope in time that he'll, uh, you know, everything will settle down and he'll start to know his best eleven and he'll start to know, you know, what changes he can make and what effect they have on a team. But I still think he's he's experimenting to a point for me. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's hundred uh, percent certain of 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 his, best, his team. best team and his you know his best eleven um best match day squad to be fair because it's not all about the starting eleven as you mentioned now is it? You know mm. you've got to have players on there who can come on and make a difference. Um so yeah it's nice to have the options um but I still think he's got a lot, a lot of work to do to get it right every single time. Mm. Um I don't think bringing, you know by as I say by definition bringing a striker on is, is always the right thing to do. Um so yeah we'll we'll see in time um what 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 he's gonna do with them.
1: Absolutely. Um Harry Let's just talk about and um, you know, Bernard, the quality of Bernard. How do we get him for free? <laughs> no,
3: Marcel Brands or somebody's I don't know, needs a promotion or a pay rise, hopefully. <laughs> what hopefully.
1: a quality player and um what a great performance against Leicester, to be honest, wasn't it?
3: It was amazing. Be able to see it live, actually see the quality like unfold in front of you, whereas you think in the past who we have playing in them positions or the kind of quality that you have in that position, it's just it's a breath of fresh air, really is. Just to be able to see Bernard sent two Leicester players to shops just while he <laughs> goes and crosses the ball into Richardson's to open it. Connor
1: there's got to be something of wrong with him, has Got to be.
2: He was injured, Ernie, that was why. I think it was no one wanted to take a chance on him. Mm. But, and I'll be honest with you, no Sigurdsson's goal was that good, right? But I've watched that turn on them two players more than I have Sigurdsson's goal back. That was ridiculous. Mm. I've seen that since like a mm. Like How easy it was as well. And it was funny it was, uh, I think someone... One like fan account who does like analysis of the games tweeted a video out of his performance and he like saved him and tweeted it himself to show how good he was on Saturday. So like <laughs> bragging about it as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so and he's not even fit, which is the mad thing. Like yeah. he's he's still getting fully fit. I think he's played two ninety minute two ninety minutes. So can't wait to see what he's just going forward once he's had a bit of a bit of a run.
1: Yeah, uh, Graham. This kind of like intertwines with what we were saying, like with Richarlison and you know whether he starts up or up front or you know comes back to the left hand position. Um, just haven't watched Bernard um, over the course of the past couple of weeks, what do you think his best position is? Tough question, I know. Yeah,
0: I'd, 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 I'd play him where he's playing at the minute, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'd have him out wide on the left um, because obviously it, it's about balance, isn't it? And I think, you know, he looks he looks outstanding in that position anyway, but it also means that Sigurdsson gets the number 10 role. It means that, yeah. you know, um, at the moment, Ricarlison plays up front, which, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right. and at the moment it's not broke. So I think he he, lo- he looks comfortable out there to me. He looks like he could play anywhere, to be honest, across the front three because he's he's just got it, hasn't he? He's he's quality. Um, but at the moment, I think yeah, he, he looks more than comfortable at wide left. He can beat a man, he can cross a ball, he can pick a pass. And the other thing that surprised me as well is he works hard. Yeah. He works hard for the team, um, and and we need that. Do you know what I mean? Just like a little random aside, that I was reading this morning. The Premier League actually haven't given him that assist. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. So
1: well,
0: the, how many players do you have to take on nowadays then and then? It was, you know uh,
1: what I mean? It was to do with Schmeichel's tiny little right, tip. Right. That's what I read. That's what I read. So I just think that's insane. Yeah. I don't know what you think.
3: It's, it's not as if Richarlison would have got his foot to the end of that anyway. And the reason why the ball was flying across the box is because Bernard took a pass to two defenders and then crossed it in there. Exactly. Yeah. stupid.
1: But you see goals can scored all the time that are taken deflections mm. and given... I mean, I probably have to have another look back at it, but I don't think it took that big of a deflection. Certainly, it's Michael got his hand on it, don't mm. get me wrong, but for it to say that it was an assist.
0: Ridiculous. I mean, I don't think Bernard will be too bothered, to be honest with you. You no. know, everyone can see how, how outstanding it was and what he did, but to not give him that assist baffled me a little bit. Did Zuma get one for putting the ball into Sigurdsson? He did, yeah. <laughs> so, where that so one out I, know, I know. It was all Zuma, that goal. Great sorry. pass,
1: that Zuma. Great pass from Zuma, though, wasn't it? No, no, strange one, Graham. Mm-hmm. It was a very, very strange one. But you know, these are the people who run the game, so mm-hmm. we don't know anything, do we? Not surprised at all. <laughs> um, all right, I think that's a good way to finish that segment um, of the podcast. Um, the next one I want to talk about a former Everton player. Now I hate talking about former Everton players, one because you know they're no longer Everton players and they're not really relevant. But unfortunately, uh, Ross Barkley's been speaking uh, to the media. Um, this week he's obviously been called up to the England squad. Um, and obviously he was asked about the topic of Everton football club.
0: You've been listening to the view from the Gladys street podcast. You've been listening to the view from the Gladys street podcast.
1: So he basically come out and said, uh, he's lack coaching at Everton. Um, and it was the right time to leave. So I'll read out the quotes and then I'll just go around the table just to see uh, what you're And These are the exact quotes. So it's, he said, over the years, I haven't really been coached much. Um, and then the next one, he's been re- he's referring to Sari's coaching style. If I had that type of approach f- from a coach when I was younger, maybe I would have improved a lot more. Um, the next one, these are just the picks. I mean, he said a lot, but these are just the picks that I found. Um some players are fortunate that others have coaches who are fully focused on improvements. Um, Harry, I mean, is he is he right? I mean, is he right about? He's obviously referring to coaches at Everton because he, he hasn't been anywhere else. Um, so we're looking at the likes of you know um, he, um, he was under Moyes, wasn't he? So he's under Moyes, Martinez, Cumin. Um,
3: in terms of he so said he's not being coached much mm-hmm. and he's been with us. What was it eleven years? I think well, it's, it's it's not it is slightly probably maybe a bit insulting for probably all the academy stuff and everything. Well, that that's the thing I was going to
1: come on to. It's obviously the you know it's obviously the head coaches, the manager. But it, I'm, it, I'm
3: assuming he's 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 aiming at either Moyes, Martinez, and Kuhn.
1: They're the quotes that he's, he didn't didn't name names. He didn't come out and say anyone. That's exactly what he's what he said.
3: Well, I'm I'm sure it's, if he's never made a mistake in a game and no manager or any coach has ever told him you shouldn't be doing that, or actually instead, how about you do this to improve? Hmm. If you're saying that didn't get told to me much. Then I'd, I'd worry about uh, the staff that we're employing. To be honest, to be
1: coaches, Connor is he is he right? Like, badly, you know. We I suppose we haven't been successful over the past couple of years, Evan. Yeah. So he, he's obviously moved on to a bigger, haven't perceived to be a better club. Um, is it a slide dig for a start? I think
2: yeah. I think it's a slight dig. Some of it's a bit ridiculous. Like obviously he's been coached. Otherwise he wouldn't be at the point where he is without being coached. Yeah. But I think sort of he's he's gone under the and sort of that's what he wants it always seemed to me that like he needed to be the man at Everton like he always wanted to be the man for the manager and he got that under Manas, arm on the shoulder every week whether he had a good game or a bad game and that changed under and he's right to a point in a sense of he's probably got in coaching now that he enjoys mm. and I think that's probably a large part of what he wants in his career to enjoy football and obviously hopefully for him try and win things hopefully not for us but um yeah He's, it's obviously ridiculous as i say, say because he's been coached otherwise he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have got to this point in his career but you sort of not think before he speaks but <laughs> maybe give a bit of context to it not mm-hmm. name names but just expand on what you mean I think someone who ever asked the question sort of didn't want to follow up because they, they got the land they wanted and people went oh so Ross Barkley said this about everything and then they can use that going forward mm-hmm. and they'll be used as probably ammunition when we play Chelsea at some point mm-hmm. but yeah Probably think before you speak a bit bit, bit more going forwards.
1: Is it a, is it a shame really like a sense of bitterness from him that he he, he has to come out? I mean, he you can be asked a question and still, you know, say you're answered in a different way. Mm. It's clearly a dig, isn't it? It's a sense of bitterness, really.
0: It is a dig, um, and it is unfortunate. I mean, he was he was at Everton under a, a lot of different managers, you know, and they all had various different styles, as as you've already mentioned, Bobby Martin is Ross, you're the best player in the world. You're fantastic. Make a mistake, don't worry about it. Just go and do it again. He had all the encouragement, all the all the time he needed. And then Cummins was a little bit different. But how can those two contrasting styles not contain any coaching, if you like? Obviously, yeah. where you know where where have we gone so massively wrong? Um, I don't think Ross is the sharpest knife in the box, is he? <laughs> um, and I, I think he's wrong to be to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. Um, and I know he's gone to Chelsea now, as you said, probably. Well, people would say they're a bigger, better club, but he's not setting the world alight, is no. he? He scored a goal. Get that, over it, Ross, the know what that, I mean?
1: like, that,
0: um, hasn't turned him into the next Messi, has he? Do you know what I mean?
1: I mean, like I said, I haven't followed Chelsea a lot this season, um, but from what I have, he's, he's made substitute appearances, mm. um, and he did score against Southampton didn't he, the other week, but the Liverpool game, he was the one to give the ball away. That led to Sturridge's goal as well. And you've got, like, pundits... Um, He's For in the England squad now, isn't he? He's been raving now? about yeah. it. I think he's he's been great and his form's been fantastic. I
0: don't get it. I think he showed he showed more glimpses of, of form and things at Everton than he's done so far at Chelsea. There was a period where, you know, he, he really got on top of his game, didn't he? I think the big thing with Ross Barkley is he has a lot of injuries, doesn't he, which have hmm. held him back. Um but I don't I don't think it's a coaching issue. Um I'm not sure why he's come out and said that. Maybe he does want to have a have a pop at Everton and that that was the way he saw fit, but um Nah, I I read comments the other week that uh, Romelu Lukaku was actually wanted to leave a year earlier, but he said he'd stay under Cumin because he Kumin told him he'd make him a better striker. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if players like that, have got confidence in the managers. Then I don't see why Ross wouldn't. Um, I, I don't I don't know why he said it, but yeah, it does sound like a bit of a dig to me, and I don't agree with him. But yeah. I'm not I'm not backstage, obviously. I don't know what goes on at the club, and like you said, he never gave it a lot of context, so we can't say where he thinks it's gone so wrong. But yeah. I don't know why he said that
1: well, I just wanted to get your opinions on that. You know, you know, don't really want to talk about former players who are no longer at the club, but um, it's just a topic that came up in the week. I um, mm. thought it was a good one to include on the podcast. Um, all right, we'll finish off then uh, with this last segment. Um, Harry, international break, boring, and and international break. But has this international break come at a good time for Everton in terms of? getting players back, you know, the likes of Mina, Gomez, who have obviously had setbacks in their injury, or is it obviously, you know, a bad time in the fact that we've just beat Leicester, we need to keep that momentum going?
3: No, I'd say it's probably more good than bad, as much as I do hate the international breaks. I do like, obviously, the two wins in the league, we've won on the balance of Fulham and Leicester, Mm -hmm. but it's Everton, it's, no form's really going to help us, we could win every game of the season, and go to Anfield, and we'll get beat. (laughs) Mm. it's, 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 there is no form that's going to carry on with us. And I think more than anything, new players are going to, and Coleman's coming back as well. Yeah. Hopefully. And I'd, not, not having to go with Kenny, but I feel like we have missed him, his experience at, at right back. And then you've got exactly Gomez and Mina to come in. So I think. McCarthy. Exactly. McCarthy. I don't know how he's going to fit in or how, he, if he maybe be a bit, bit of an improvement on Tom. I know people have mixed opinions on Tom. It might be good to have another player in there to see how he gets on, a bit more competition possibly. But in all honesty, I think we'd be stronger coming out of this if we have more players in the squad coming out of it than just a bit of form. We've still won those two games and we can still come back. As long as we don't lose players due to the international break, then I think it it'd only do us good.
1: Connor, are you a fan of the international break? <laughs> no, no,
2: not at all. I think Harry's probably nailed most of it there. It's good and bad, really. I think they're having a game behind closed doors in a few days' time to get Gomes, Meena, and McCarthy a bit... F- yeah, a bit close to fitness. So that'll, that'll help. But it's Everton. Richardson probably play for Brazil and be out for Palace.
1: Oh, so cynical. I know,
2: but <laughs> it, I think the answer will only come when we play Palace because you don't want to go into that game thinking, oh, yeah, we've won two games. This one will be a walkover. They're looking for a win and they're a, not a great side and not a yard dog side, but they're not a side to be messed about with. Like, mm. not going to walk them over, you know what I mean? So you sort of hope that, get through this unscathed, get a few players back, Get back into winning form again, get 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 keep it rolling,
1: yeah. Well, Guy, we'll just f- finish off with this last question then. So, Connor just briefly talked about the Palace game. We seem to have played our better football away from home this season, haven't we? Mm. So, our next game is a home game. <laughs> What's Marco Silva got to do to ensure that you know, well, for one, we win the game first and foremost, but we, we get a bit of a performance as well because the fans want to see a performance, don't they? You know, you can't just Keep experimenting, can he? He's got to find his, is at least until January. He's got to find his best side soon, has not
0: he? Definitely. Um, I think he's ninety percent there. Um, I wouldn't go changing it from the Leicester lineup to be honest, no. unless obviously Coleman's fit or injuries. Yeah, there's uh, there's injuries. Um, I think th- th- I can use the Leicester and the Southampton game as uh, you know two contrasts. The- the the press against Leicester and the and the intensity it was there we looked like we wanted it and um, obviously we had you know our, our first team players playing as well other than the, the kids that had come in against Southampton but Southampton was just lacklustre it was there was no press we were giving them time on the ball you know we just it, it, if we can if we can keep that intensity up give Palace things to worry about we've got the quality there that'll come the the goals will come you know what I mean we've got we've got the players there who can make things happen we've got match winners as Gilfie's proved on on Saturday against Leicester goal scorers got match winners. For me, it's 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 what we do off the ball that, that we seem to be lacking and if we can if if we can if we can get that press and make life hard for Palace that the rest will come. Um but if we start like we did against Southampton in the cup and, you know, you know, we're not chasing the ball down. I don't mean like ultra high up the pitch, winning the ball back in their penalty area, but you you've got to press at some point, haven't you, you know what I mean? And Everton just we just didn't do it against Southampton. So I think that's the main thing for me. Um Get at them, get up them. The rest will come because we've got the quality there. Um, So it's just getting them fired up and, and getting them organised and getting them pressing as a unit. Um, and I don't think Palace will live with us, to be honest, if we can do that. Because we've got far better players, I must yeah. say.
1: Good place to finish then, lads. So Harry, positive for heading into the, well, following on from the international break, heading into Palace? Positive? Are you positive?
3: Oh yeah, I'm very positive. I think when I look at the teams and the quality, I just think we're the better team we're at home back at two wins hopefully have some more players back in the squad we three points hopefully Definitely.
2: Connor no it's Palace I hate playing Palace I'm on a Sunday as well Hodgson oh mate we need to finish on a positive note here Connor come on yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> he will win <laughs> do you know what right yeah we probably we yeah we will but I think it'll be a scrappy one And I'll take that. take that all season if it happens. Three points is all that matters, isn't it?
1: That's the best positivity we're going to get from you, isn't it? Yeah. I'll take that. It's fine. All right, lads. I appreciate you coming on. To my guests, Graham, Harry and Connor, thanks for coming in. Um, We're going to be back to preview the Palace game next Wednesday. Uh, Remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and the ACAST app by Searching Royal Blue. There you will find the View from the Gladys Street podcast. Thanks for listening.
3: You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast.